Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Branching Out, an upbeat, friend-building, Christian-uniting ministry. We discuss topics concerning our faith, review Christian news, do a devotional, and offer the prayers and praise that you share with us. Never be alone. Join us. You can reach us at our website, which is branchliving.com, through Facebook at Branch Living, and there we have an international community, and it would be a privilege to have you join us. There you can comment, post photos, prayer requests, praise reports. So join us at Facebook at Branch Living. At Branch Living. You can also email your prayer requests and praise reports to me at Lisa, that's L-I-S-A, at branchliving.com. We podcast twice each week, and the heart of our podcast is our Branch Living message. We chat about issues in our lives, and then we move to Christian news, views, events, interesting happenings in today's Christian family. We have a brief devotion written by one of the Christian greats, and we end with your comments, prayers, and praise. So join us and spread the word, and we would love to hear from you. And please do share this podcast because we would love to have others join us. And with that, let us join the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here today. We thank you for all of the blessings you've brought into our lives. We ask you to give us this moment of respite to reflect on your word, to reflect on each other's needs, to reflect on the Christian movement in this country and in the world, and to just take a bit of time apart to be with you and to be with our Christian family. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. So today we're going to talk a little bit about assumptions um, and really the need to assume positive intent. When it comes to developing or maintaining relationships, One of the areas all people, but especially Christians, must be careful of is making assumptions, especially negative assumptions. One incident in the book of Joshua illustrates the dangers associated with making assumptions. After the Jews had conquered Canaan, the tribes of the east of the Jordan River constructed an altar to God, and it was quite a magnificent altar. The Jewish tribes on the western side of the Jordan thought that what those on the eastern side had done violated the law God had given Moses. And that law was that only altars that God had commanded to be built by God were permitted. The the apparent law-breaking by the eastern tribes made the western tribes so angry that they gathered at Shiloh to go to war against the eastern tribes. But then, fortunately, they paused. The Bible tells us that the western tribes sent the Phineas, the son of Eleazar the priest, to the land of Gilead, and there that, that's the land that the uh, eastern tribes were at, the tribes of Reuben and Gad and a half a tribe of Manasseh. And with him they sent one of each of the chief men from each of the tribes. When they met with the eastern tribes, they said to them, The whole assembly of the Lord says, How could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? And this is a direct quote from Joshua 22, 13 through 17 from the NIV. Well, the leaders of the Eastern tribe replied, We did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, 
What do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you. You Reubenites and Gadites, you have no share of the Lord. So your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. That is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. No, on the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings and sacrifices and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us or our descendants, we will answer, look, look at the replica of the Lord's altar, which our ancestors built, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a witness between us and you. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offering, grain offerings and sacrifices, other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before his tabernacle. And this again is from Joshua 22. So in other words, the Eastern tribe built that altar as a memorial so that their descendants would forever recognize the true God as God over both sets of tribes. It was to serve as a reminder, not as a place for sacrifices, which would have been prohibited by God's law. So with this explanation, the Western leaders were glad to hear the report and praise God. And they talked no more about going to war against them to devastate the country where the Reubenites and Gadites lived. And the Reubenites and Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us that the Lord is God. And so that's what that altar was. It was a witness between them that they both agreed, that all the tribes agreed that the Lord is God. Again, that whole story is from Joshua 22. So this is a perfect illustration of where our assumptions can lead us. In this case, the Western tribes could have started a baseless war, but instead they paused and they went to seek the facts. How often do we do the same? How often do we create a story out of something we see or hear without knowing the facts? And how much damage has this done to personal relationships, to churches, to nations? So we need to all learn from this story. Let's look at the events in our lives with eyes and hearts to anticipate the best. Let our first reaction not be to war with each other. Let us assume positive intent. And then let's gather the facts. Let's hear the true story and not create our own version. So I will end with a modern day example of the risk of making assumptions. And I've heard this story told by several ministers, but this version is from Pastor David Riggs. And it goes like this. A woman was at an airport one night, waiting several long hours before her flight. She bought a book in the airport gift shop and she also bought a bag of cookies and then she found a place to sit down. She was engrossed in reading her book. And suddenly, a man sitting beside her took a cookie from the bag in between them. The woman tried to ignore it. So she took a cookie from the bag and began to eat it. And the man smiled at her and he took another cookie from the bag. Well, she was getting more irritated. So she took another cookie from the bag and she ate it. And again, the man smiled and he took a cookie for himself. 
And with each cookie that she took, he took a cookie too. When there was only one cookie left, she wondered what he would do. And with a smile on his face and a nervous laugh, he took the last cookie and broke it in half. He offered her half as he ate the other. She snatched it from him and she thought, oh brother, this guy has some nerve. She was glad when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and she headed to the gate, refusing to look back at the man. She boarded the plane and sat in her seat and then she took, looked for her book. And as she reached in her baggage, she gasped with surprise. There was her bag of cookies. If mine are here, she moaned in despair, the others were his and he tried to share. So that just this is just another good lesson for us that assumptions can get the better of us. And it's always good to assume positive intent. Uh, so just a story I wanted to share with you today. This is from the ChristianPost.com and it's entitled Tennessee Church Celebrates Over 1,000 Baptisms in Four Months. Pastor Robbie Gallaty said his church has baptized more than 1,000 people from 15 different states over the last four months after he went through a year of silence and solitude. Gallaty is the senior pastor of the Long Hollow Baptist Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and he told Faith Wire that his church has baptized 1,048 people since December 20th after he spent time with the Lord for 10 months. The pastor started by sitting with the Lord for 20 minutes, then 40 minutes, and then he worked up to spending an hour or two every night with the Lord. The church also became a praying church and set up a 24-7 prayer movement online. Easter weekend, they baptized 201 people. I began sitting with the Lord for 10 months. Then finally, on December 15th, 2020, I'm on the porch and I hear as clear as day these words in my head after a season of silence and solitude, spontaneous baptism. The pastor is quoted uh, saying this to CBN News. However, the following Sunday, the church witnessed its lowest attendance at the service since he started serving Long Hollow five years ago. The attendance was due to the rising number of COVID-19 infections at the time, but Gallaty said he was still confident about what God had told him about many being ready to be baptized. As many as 99 people were baptized that day, he recalled, adding that he was sitting outside his house that evening and God, quote, showed me, these are the heavy raindrops, Robbie, before the torrential downpouring that is coming. The pastor said he then shared his vision with his fellow church leaders, and on the following Tuesday, which was three days before Christmas, they held a baptism-only service. Another 81 people showed up for baptism that day. As Galatee streamed the service online, many traveled to his church and two satellite campuses later for baptism, and at least two of them came all the way from Maine, more than 1,300 miles away. Galatee stressed that the revival he saw would not have been possible had he not dealt with the own sin in his life, pride, jealousy, and arrogance. 
I went to the porch every night to sit with the Lord, thinking he was going to fix the problems in my church, he shared. I was really frustrated. I said, Lord, you fix the problems in my staff. I need you to fix the problems in my church. I need you to fix the deacons. I need you to fix the country. And here's what the Lord showed me. About two months in, God showed me, the problem is not with your church. It's not with your staff. The problem is with you. You are the problem. The church describes its mission as, we exist to be disciples who make disciples of all nations. And the church website says that Galati battled a drug addiction for three years, which ravaged his life. A $180 a day heroin and cocaine addiction forced him to steal $15,000 from his parents. After living without gas, electricity, and water for months, losing eight of his friends to drug-related deaths, watching six friends be arrested, and completing two rehab treatments, Robbie remembered the gospel that was shared with him by a friend in college and was radically saved on November 12, 2002. And so the Lord saved him. He spent time with the Lord. He repented of his own sins, and the Lord opened a huge ministry for him. And just such a good lesson to us about the importance of turning our lives over to God and also the importance of spending time alone with God so that God can develop us and so that he can speak to us and so that we can be instruments for him. Great story. Um, I'm going to end today with a devotion again from Charles Spurgeon and this is from John verse uh, 39 and it's just a short scripture passage, search the scriptures. The Greek word here rendered search signifies a strict, close, diligent, curious search such as men make when they are seeking gold or hunters when they are in earnest after game. We must not rest content with having given a superficial reading to a chapter or two of the Bible, but with a candle of the Spirit, we must deliberately seek out the hidden meaning of the word. Holy Scripture requires searching. Much of it can only be learned by careful study. There is milk for babes, but also meat for strong men. The rabbis wisely say that a mountain of matter hangs upon every word, yes, upon every title of Scripture. Uh, Terilatin exclaimed, I adore the fullness of Scriptures. No man who merely skims the book of God can profit thereby. We must dig and mine until we obtain the hidden treasure. The door of the word only opens to the key of diligence. The scriptures claim searching. They are the writings of God bearing the divine stamp. Who shall dare treat them with levity? He who despises them despises the God who wrote them. God forbid that any of us should leave our Bibles to become swift witnesses against us in the great day of the account. The Word of God will repay searching. God does not bid us sift a mountain of chaff here and there a grain of wheat in it, but the Bible is winnowed corn. We have but to open the granary door and find it. Scripture grows upon the student. It is full of surprises. Under the teaching of the Holy Spirit, 
to the searching eye, it glows with splendor of revelation, like a vast temple paved with wrought gold and roofed with rubies, emeralds, and all manner of gems. No merchandise like the merchandise of Scripture truth. Lastly, the Scripture reveals Jesus. They are they which testify of me. No more, powerfully mo no more powerful motive can be urged upon Bible readers than this. He who finds Jesus finds life, heaven, and all things. Happy is he who, searching his Bible, discovers his Savior. And I absolutely love this because uh, it's just so true that I've been through the Bible and I think this is my fourth time through this year in its entirety. And every time, um, even in Bible study, we just sit back and say, oh my goodness, I don't remember hearing that before. I don't remember reading that before. Um, and then as we look at the Greek and Hebrew, the, the word is just so, so rich. And I really like when Spurgeon says, the word of God will repay searching. And that certainly is true. So we're going to go to prayer. And I just want to really uphold a family um, that we had been praying for. The woman who we had prayed for who had bone cancer has passed away. And um, what is particularly sad in this family is they've had a death every year now for three years. Um, so the husband of the woman who died, his mother died uh, last two years ago. His daughter died last year. So his wife has just passed away and his son has a uh, tumor on his pituitary gland. So this family has gone through incredible sorrow and um, we just need to lift that whole family up in prayer. So won't you join me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lessons that we learn through the scripture and through your word and through stories that come to us of your church in action. We want to pray for everyone suffering grief, suffering sorrow, um, particularly this family that has suffered so many losses recently. We pray for the health and the wellness of all who come into our path, all who come to mind. We pray for those whose needs that we know and for people whose needs we don't know, but who do need your word and need prayer. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. And for just a moment, I'm going to invite you again to our Bible study. We meet Tuesdays at 7 Central American time. It's a one hour uh, Bible class. We are in John um, and we are getting close to Jesus's journey to the cross. Uh, so we're at a pretty uh, tense time right now in the story and just learning a lot. You are always welcome to join us. All you have to do is send me your email and I will send you a link. And that's uh, the email that you use is lisa at branchliving.com. Again, um, share our podcast and you can share our blog, which is on Facebook or at branchliving.com. And so for now, stay close to God, stay in touch, and I will chat with you again soon. Thank you.